The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with tonight's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about a few things. The first being the quantedge.com. We've already talked about their amazing football tools, their injury tools, their lineup optimizers, the works. We've talked about how they've gotten into the NBA market. We've talked about the MMA market. Now they are one of the top guys on the betting market. Their tools are back-tested on over 1,400 games. They picked winners against the spread at over 57% and totals of almost 60%. They take, you take their picks, you take control. Every time you adjust a player's performance, you can change the odds. Think Tom Brady is going to have a great game this Sunday? Simply change the slider and see how the line and probability change. There's so many ways you can use these Quantage tools, and they're absolutely great. The uh, betting package is $49.99 per month. An NBA betting tool is on its way. But if you use promo code BENCHED, B-E-N-C-H-E-D, you'll get $10 off your first month. So if you like to gamble, it is legal in America these days. Certain states coming. But if you like to, check out the quantedge.com promo code bench for $10 off your first month. If you do um, just do want to do DFS, you've got the NBA packages. Just do a month package. It'll get you NBA, MMA, NFL, promo code bench, $10 off. So go check that out. The quantedge.com promo code bench. Also, go check out draft.com. It is a great way to play fantasy sports. It is draft in your app store, draft.com online. Use promo code SD Sports when you check out, and you'll get entry into a free $3 tournament of your choice. It has snake style drafts. That's the custom format it came with NFL, NHL, NBA, golf. You got it all right now. But they've also introduced unique auction style drafts for all these sports. It is a ton of fun. So go to draft.com, draft in your app store, promo code SD Sports. When you check out for entry into a free $3 tournament of your choice. Last but not least, if you could please go give us a rating and review on iTunes. It'd much, much appreciate it. It would really help me keep this thing going. I love doing this for you guys and I want to keep growing it the best we can. With that being said, welcome to Bench with Bubba, episode 128 with Seth Klein of Fantrack Sports. Recapping the week 7 fantasy football action and looking ahead to week 8.
And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 128. I'm going to recap the Week 7 fantasy football action, looking ahead to Week 8. In order to do so, I have a special guest. You can find him on Twitter at Seth the Sportsman. Seth Klein, how are we doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You can also find all his work over at Fantrax. What do you have going on at Fantrax these days? Uh, most of my content is NBA fantasy basketball stuff. Um, I, the most recent one I had was a piece last week, the week one primer, you know, kind of going over start sits for the week, especially in Roto weekly leagues where, you know, you have to differentiate who has more games that week, who, who might sit some games, sit out back to backs and you want to get the volume. So, I mean, I'd say to check it out, but the information isn't really good anymore because it's for week one, but, um, that's pretty much what I'm working on over there is fantasy basketball stuff. And of course, um, you can always check all my stuff out on Twitter. I'm, I'm, most of my stuff is going to be on Twitter and my uh, rankings, my uh, weekly fantasy football rankings on Fantasy Pros. Yeah, Seth's very, very active on Twitter. Again, follow him at Seth, D-A Sportsman, Seth the Sportsman on Twitter. So go check him out there. He does all the sports. And like you said, a lot of his content just straight on the timeline. So uh, And he'll answer a lot of questions if, you're, if you need help with anything. Let's uh, kick it off with the news that broke yesterday kind of out of nowhere. Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys for a first-round draft pick. Um, We can critique the level of draft pick all we want to how well that works out. But let's start with the the Cowboys side of thing. Amari going to Dallas, how do you think that affects Amari, Dak, the overall Dallas offense? I mean, it's going to improve it. It can't not improve it. It is is – Excuse me. As much as we like to rag on uh, Amari Cooper, I mean, he, look, the guy has no, no hands. He he has no hands. He can't catch the ball. But he's probably going to be an upgrade over Alan Hearns. Uh, he's better than Cole Beasley. I know he's not going to play in the slot, but he's going to add a, another element to that offense. He's going to give him another weapon. Um, as far as fantasy goes, yeah, it's probably a better situation than in Oakland, just given. Um, they're actually a team that's competing, that's going to stay in games more. Um, question of how much better Dak Prescott is than than Derek Carr? I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Uh, obviously, the offensive line is better, but Dak Prescott isn't throwing far down the field. He similar depth of targets as um, as as Carr is. So I, I do think that there's a boost, but also you're dealing with that double buy that he's getting now so you you lose another week um which if he was in Oakland he (laughs) probably would have been one catch for 10 yards anyway but um yeah it's a boost but uh I think it's also a good time to sell if you have them and and this happened last year too when he had that big big 200 yard game I think it was against Kansas City I think uh mid-season it was bad 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 huge game and then everyone made their moves with him Granted, he could do well and he could help your fantasy team, but um, he could also do poorly and then you have no shot of, of trading him. So while the hype is hot and people and you find an owner in your league who's maybe a Cowboys fan or likes Cooper or needs a receiver or just you know needs that upside to help them in the standings, it might be a good opportunity to, to make a move there, sell him. And I, I completely agree. I think his value may never be higher. And you said, like you said, he could – he could do something there. You never know. Dak likes to kind of force the issue a little more. He might. Uh, I said on a, sh- a show yesterday that uh, Jerry Jones makes moves and 
He likes to control his his coaches. So he might go get in Garrett's ear and say, hey, force the ball here a little more. Like, let's make this work. Who knows? But um, how do you see this kind of impacting, say, uh, Elliott and maybe some of the other pass catchers on the Cowboys? Well, I, well going back to what you just said, actually, I, I do agree that, that Jones may do that. And especially because they gave up a, high, a very high pick they may be forced to say, all right, we have to validate this somehow because it has gotten a lot of flack. But um, Elliot, it, it should help Elliot. I mean, everyone's fo- been focusing on him. He had a poor game last week, and he's had a relatively good season. Uh, but uh, he's the focus. So you can stack the box. You can. He's not a big pass catcher, Elliot, but um, it does have to – the defense is going to have to, um, you know uh, – look more towards the receivers now than just focusing on, on, on Elliot. So I think it will open up some more holes for Elliot, or at least keep the defense on their toes a little bit. But um, as far as anyone else, I mean, yeah, Cole Beasley is not going to keep getting the targets he was getting. I mean, I think that's also a testament to Dak Prescott and him wanting that safety valve over the middle of the field. They don't really have a great tight end. They don't really have any other good receivers. So he's kind of just been feeding those short routes to, to Beasley, which is why he's had a couple of good games. But um, I think the other receivers are obviously going to suffer with Cooper coming, especially Michael Gallup, who finally broke out um, this past week. And um, all his all his dynasty owners and all his redraft owners were like, yes, finally. And then in comes Cooper and like, you know, his value is down again. So um I think Elliott might benefit the most and the rest probably definitely take it and, and Prescott also, but um, everyone else takes a hit. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Gallup because he, like you said last week, had a big week, week before that he showed signs of getting it going. And then you bring this guy in like, there's the long shot chance that maybe defensive focus over here will help him. But at the same time, I think they're going to be focusing on getting Cooper the ball so much. It's going to take him a step back. Um, let's go to the Oakland side of things now. You have Jordy Nelson, who's been there and just kind of been that guy each week. But then you have Martavius Bryant, who's back. You have Seth Roberts a little banged up, but another option. Uh, maybe Jared Cook in the tight end. When we're talking about the pass catchers of Oakland, how do you think this opens things up for them without Amari in town? Um, I, I mean, it's going to give guys like Nelson and, and Bryant more looks, but I don't know if that necessarily makes them better. I mean, I think Nelson's been running mostly out of the slot anyway, which which has benefited him. Um, but it will make the defenses focus more on those guys. There's one less one less receiver they have to worry about downfield. Um, and you know, I, and I do think that that the Marshawn Lynch injury um, might open things up actually a little bit because they're they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. I mean, not that they weren't already, but um, they're just going to have no run game now. I don't like Doug Martin at all, and and Richard is going to be the guy there. So uh, and we've seen when they've played from behind that he gets funneled targets. Um, and I think the same thing will be with, with Nelson as well. Brian's a little bit different case where he's just like a deep threat and he's really just had so low volume this year. The targets should increase, but I don't know if that like necessarily leads to touchdowns or anything like that. It's I'm not really going on my way to add Martavis Bryant or, um, you know, I, I feel, still think it's Jared Cook is going to be their number one guy, and then Richard probably a lot of um, seven, eight catch type games. Yeah, it's going to be hard in Oakland because if you look at the the next gen stats for 
uh, Dak and Derek Carr. Dak will try to force it in the window with the aggressive pass percentage where Derek is not. So if you're not wide open, he's not going to go your way. And he's not getting a lot of time to, to sit back there with the, with the line. So it'll be quite interesting to see how that works. And that's where it leads us into the, the running back situation for Oakland is where you have Marshawn Lynch is now officially on the IR. And um, Jalen Rashard's been good in the passing game, but now maybe he gets a little more in the running game. Uh, you got Doug Martin, who they brought in in the offseason. How do you assess the running back situation in Oakland, at least from a fantasy perspective? Uh, Richard, if he's still available, you got to add him. Uh, in most of my leagues, he's been gone for a little while. But, um, I mean, he's he's the one to own because they're going to play from behind, um, and he's going to get a lot of uh, looks uh, because Carr hasn't had a lot of time and because he looks for that quick pass. Um, I think he's the guy. Uh, Martin, I, I can't – I mean, Lynch was pretty bad. I don't. Martin's not going to be better. He's not a better player, and that's scary given the three, four-year age difference. But Doug Martin's just not a good running back anymore. And I know he had you know a couple of decent years in the beginning of his career, but he's not good. Um, I, I think you're going to see uh, you know a couple forty, fifty-yard games. You know, maybe he'll get some touchdowns here or there, but um, I don't see big hundred-yard games out of him. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think you're probably better off gambling with someone else and a different offense that um, may have it. Yeah. I mean, look, if you have to start, if you're in a 16 team league, 14 team league and all your guys are on by, yeah, sure. Start Doug Martin. But uh, if you have two capable running backs, I, I can't see him really being anywhere better than the 32nd best running back in the league, which kind of uh, means that you're, your team's pretty, probably pretty bad if you have to start him at this point, unless you're just ravaged by buys. Okay, so Doug Martin, we got that in there. I heard pretty much everything I think you had to say there. Uh, 14, 16 team leagues. That's about very touchdown dependent, kind of what we're expecting there with Dougie Martin. I do like the Jalen Rashard, but I agree with you. He's been gone for a few weeks. Like last week when Chubb and Rashard and all that stuff came out, all those guys were gone. I had, I had nowhere to go. But uh, let's talk about another interesting situation on the West Coast in Arizona, or close to the West Coast, Arizona. You have a new offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich, who Bruce Arians loved. He thought he'd be a good OC, so I kind of have a little hope here. Does this get your attention? You know, people already own David Johnson, but maybe Chris Kirk's out there. You know, maybe in a deep league. You have All right, so Arizona Cardinals, new offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Um, Bruce Arians loved him. DJ's already taken, but you have likes of Chris Kirk. Somebody may have done stupid things with Fitzgerald. Josh Rosen's out there. What do you see in this Arizona offense going forward? Well, it can't be it can't be worse. Um, that's for sure. And I and I don't really see. I like Josh Rosen. I just don't. He's not at the level of being ready yet, the way Sam Darnold is, or um, or Baker Mayfield. Uh, he'll get there. He just doesn't have as many weapons, and I just don't – I think he's more raw in that regard. Um, so I don't necessarily see him being – like I wouldn't be like, oh, let's go add Josh Rosen. Even in a 2QB two two league, he's borderline. But um, I, I do see Johnson having a better go of it. I mean, what McCoy was doing there was criminal the way he was handling Johnson. And, and, and look, this is a guy, offensive coordinator that got fired two years in a row. So mid season. Um, so it's obvious doesn't know what he's doing. And I think that 
the smart thing for Leftwich to do, and this is what I would do if I was an interim coordinator, coach, whatever, just make it easy. Make it easy on your team. Make it easy on your rookie running uh, quarterback. Make it easy on your not-so-great offensive line. Make it easy on a defense that might be without Patrick Peterson if they trade him. Just run the ball, dump the ball off, get Fitzgerald easy catches in the slot, get uh, Seals-Jones easy catches 10 yards out. Don't do anything too crazy. Yeah, we'll see Kirk get open. He's He's been actually pretty decent the last few weeks, but – um, Fitzgerald was dropped in a couple of my leagues and I've made, put in claims for him, but I mean, if I get him, I get him. If I don't, I'm not gonna be like, Oh my God, this is the worst because most of my teams, I have capable wide receivers, but yeah, I, I, I do think it's, uh, it'll be good for, for Johnson owners. And it's not like a, really a situation where I go out and try to make a trade for, um, for David Johnson, uh, because it's just not something you, you want to mess with right now unless you could get them super cheap, which might be possible. But I think if you already own them, which I do on a couple teams, I think the arrow is pointing up at least. That's good. I like to hear that too because I got DJ as well. I was very, very high on him coming into the year. And like you said, if you have any brains at all, you orchestrate this offense the way it should be ran. Um, let's talk about the injuries that took place last week. We probably won't hit all of them, but there were quite a few that really stood out. You know, Melvin Gordon injured Friday in practice, missed the London game, has a bye week, should be fine. So I'm not going to go too deep into that. But let's talk Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle was one couple of good runs against the Bears, then goes out, looks really bad. Reports are he's week to week. What are you doing with Michelle? Are you looking to Kenyon Barner, Mike Gillisley? How do you handle that situation? I mean, like I, I think we're still at the point week eight that. This is week eight, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going week to week eight. <laughs> that um, you should have somebody that isn't Kenyon Barner to fill in for him on your bench or maybe someone that had a bye last week that you can plug back in. Um, if you have to go for Kenyon Barner, I, feel, yeah, I think your team's already in a tough situation and uh, you might need to make a trade. It doesn't seem like it's a long-term injury, from at least from the most recent updates I've heard. I know that he obviously it had a knee issue in the offseason. Um, I wouldn't go too crazy. I certainly hope I wouldn't need to start Kenyon Barner, and I also wouldn't be blowing too much money on Kenyon Barner because I think he's been in the league. He's got he's been in the league like five, six, seven years already, and I think he's got like thirty total carries. So. Um, we shouldn't be any higher on him than the rest of the NFL has. And all right, Belichick brought him in. He must see something, but eh, no thanks. I'm not, I'm not getting too crazy there. Uh, James White's going to get a, just a lot of work and Gronk should be back this week. So uh, it might just be more of a week where we see Brady pass the ball a lot. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't figure out how to add Barner, but if you're desperate, you're desperate. But yeah, like you said, you're probably in trouble anyways. Uh, let's yeah. talk to Sean McCoy, another running back that that left this past weekend. He looked like he hurt his ankle, but then left with a concussion. Um, Going to be in the protocol this week. So Chris Ivory could be available out there. Are you looking to go grab a guy like Ivory or just r- ride it out with McCoy? Yeah, I mean, from what we've seen with concussions, at least from what I've seen with most of the players that on my teams that I follow, that I've been following more closely, everyone seems to be getting cleared by game time. It, just this miraculous – oh, well, they just are great on Saturday and they're ready to go. Like as if concussions always only last five days, you know, like that's 
that's it. Concussions, five-day injury. Um, I mean, the NFL is crazy with this stuff. I mean, when's the last time you actually saw a quarterback get hit in the head, check for concussion, and actually not come back into the game? Uh, oh, no, he can't come back in. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but um, for fantasy owners, it makes it uh, not as bad, I guess, or you can not be as worried about your player. That said, LaShawn McCoy hasn't really – I mean, he's actually not run the ball too badly. His yards per carry isn't too bad. Just there's no scoring in, in Buffalo, so he's not getting touchdowns. Um, I don't see that being any different for Chris Ivory, who's an inferior back, and they're going to be down. They're going to be playing from way behind this week. Um, I'm not too interested in Chris Ivory. Again, if you've got nobody to plug into your running back spot, sure, add Chris Ivory, but don't go blowing 50% of your uh, budget money or, or on a guy like Chris Ivory that we just know isn't that good. And, and look, and, and the bills also get an extra day because I think they're playing Monday. So, you know, that there's a good chance that McCoy does play. Yep. Uh, let's talk Gronkowski with New England. They didn't even travel with the team in Chicago. Uh, we know he's had back problems for quite a while. He reaggravated that. I believe there's an ankle also involved or he's always beat up these days, it seems. And uh, in recent years when he gets hurt, He's not quite the same Gronk. Um, how do you approach Gronk if you own him? Do you try to sell him? Do you ride this out? What are you doing with Gronk? I, I, I'm selling if I get a good offer, um, and I'm not plugging in a just terrible tight end uh, to fill his spot. Um, I don't want to sell him and then have to start uh, Ben Watson the rest of the season, you know. Um, if I have a, a decent backup or a decent guy on, on waivers, sure. Uh, but I'm not underselling him as well. And, and which, you know, when guys get hurt, the vultures circle and they want to get a guy like that for less than he's worth. And yeah, he's not going to be much worth as much as he was on draft day. That's for sure. You just can't, even when he's been healthy, he just hasn't had the points or the scores this year. Um, so he's not going to be don't expect third round return, but if you can get a decent guy and you need to fill another spot or running back or wide receiver, then I'm all for it. Just don't undersell um, the back injury. I guess they said it was spasm. So it, it could be a lot worse than that. Um, and we've just seen the Patriots err on the side of caution a lot because great. Look, I, I'm, I mean, I hate the Patriots. <laughs> I hate the Patriots and 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 then just watching these last couple of games against Kansas City and Chicago, and I'm like, they're going to Super Bowl again. It they 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 beat Kansas City, which was the best team in the AFC, um, without even playing that great. And then they didn't even care to even fly Gronk to Chicago and beat a pretty good Chicago defense on the road. And you know, so uh, Belichick won't take any chances. I do think that Gronk probably plays this week if it really do- was spasms. Uh, but they certainly don't need to rush him because Josh Gordon looked good and and White looked good and and they have plenty of pass options. And certainly don't pick up Dwayne Allen. That I know. Yeah, no, that's why I wasn't even asking you about uh, yeah. picking up his backup. That's a whole different animal. But yeah, you're on a, a, a pro. Uh, we hate the Patriots podcast. So. Um, it is frustrating. It's frustrating to watch them week to week. Uh, just, just kind of make it look easy. They, they just, they just do whatever they want. Like you said, okay, this guy's out this week. Okay, we'll beat you this way. It doesn't really matter for them. It's pretty. Crazy. Yeah, it is frustrating, and it's like it start. You know, it's been years and years. I've watched them, and in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, 
he just knew that lead wasn't safe. And you just don't make mistakes, Atlanta. Don't do anything stupid. And somehow they just find a way to get themselves back in a game. And it's like the other teams almost self-destruct because they're Belichick's in the in their in their head. Mm-hmm. Like we can't make any mistakes because they're gonna take advantage, and then you do. And it's it's just frustrating to watch. Yeah, I remember exactly where I was when it was 28 to 3. And everybody, because most people out here on the West Coast aren't big Patriots fans. And uh, everybody at the little like gathering I was at was all celebrating the victory and this, and that. I'm all, guys, you realize there's like two and a half quarters of football left. And you see who's on the other side over there. Oh, there's no way they're coming back. I said, just watch. Like, this is going to happen. And yeah, they, they sure did it. Yeah. Um, so that was frustrating. But uh, one more injury, and I get, again, we won't touch on all of them, but Ted Ginn Jr., he's done for the year. And I just wanted to bring it up to you because I've heard this name as, you know, he's, he's a must-add, but then at the same time to me, he's like a, a boomer bust type guy, sort of. But Traquan Smith is going to be out there on waiver wires unless they got picked up last week. Um, he got a ton of the target share again this weekend with Drew. How do you approach Taquan Smith? Do you think he's going to be that difference maker, or is he just another guy? I think he can be a difference maker. The problem is, is you're going to have him in your lineup the week he's not a difference maker, and you're going to have him on your bench the week that he does blow up. Um, so it's like owning Ted Ginn Jr. He's basically Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> I, I mean, more upside, but you know, he's like they've they've the Saints and Breeze have always had a guy like that: Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham, um, these guys that. Two catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. And that's kind of where I see uh, Smith right now. Although it is very positive that uh, Cameron Meredith didn't catch any passes last week. So there, he may be getting more of the target share, like you said. Uh, but, he, you know, Breeze likes to throw the ball around. And it's it's incredible. And 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 we've seen the records, the all-time records he's been breaking the last few weeks. And it, and a lot of it is because he's just great at finding those guys. He doesn't care. He doesn't ha- yeah, Michael Thomas is his favorite receiver. But he doesn't care if Thomas gets one target as long as guys are catching the ball. And 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 I've seen those games where he'll throw to 10 different receivers. And, it, and it's, it's a different person every week. Um, so I wouldn't put all my eggs in Traquan Smith's basket. Uh, I did add him where I could last week. I, I bid decent amount of money because he's not a bad guy to have in your back pocket. Um, the Saints don't have that easy of an upcoming schedule. They play some good defenses, and so it's he's a tough guy to start. Um, you know, every week. But um, I think he's a good guy to grab just in case because you don't want to be that guy. You don't want him to blow up, and then you're that guy that let him go for free to somebody else. Um, let's talk about Jacksonville real quick. Um, we already talked about it outside the pod. You know, Bortles is benched. He's already named the starter for week eight. Uh, we talked uh, the, the, the man, the coach said after the game on Sunday, he did it to try to fire his team up and send a message. Um, if for some reason Cody Kessler becomes the quarterback there, which I don't think is going to happen, does that change your mind at all on the Jags receivers? No, it definitely doesn't. In fact, it makes it worse. Cody Kessler is not better than than Blake Bortles. And Blake Bortles isn't great, but Kessler is not better than Blake Bortles. Um, if the Jaguars are really serious about winning, and maybe that what uh, Maroney did last week was to light a thunder, fire under Bortles, but he's not a, he's not, uh, Kessler's not a better option than Bortles is. Um, so uh, unless they go out and make a trade for a car or – 
I mean, it's not like Eli Manning's any better, but if they go and make a trade for a, a Derek Carr or something, okay, sure. Like that's an upgrade. Maybe. I don't know. It's not like Carr's been that great either, but Kessler's not taking them to the Super Bowl. It, 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 if it's going to be a guy, it's going to be Bortles. He has the rapport with the receivers. He's been there for a few years. We've seen him have very good games, but he goes in these funks like he is now where he just can't hit anything. And it, and it certainly doesn't help that their running game isn't good right now, and their defense just really hasn't backed up what they did last season at all. Um, so I think a lot of things are going wrong with the Jaguar wrong with the Jaguars right now, and the blames on Bortles. But like his receivers aren't doing much. He's they have three tight ends on IR. Um, four no nets out. <laughs> yeah, four nets out. Um, and their defense just isn't stopping teams the way they were last year. Last year, they were playing with a lead a lot. They he knew he could make a little more challenging passes. He could look downfield more because he knew that he had that leeway where his defense was going to give him the ball back again. Now, when you think of uh, you, you mentioned Fournette being out, and you know they're saying week ten. I was anti Fournette all preseason his injury history just scares me some guys that just does it for me um and they go and trade for carlos hyde to go with yeldon who's done well but he's a little banged up can't really carry the full load um what do you think hyde's gonna kind of impact gonna be is he even worth having around anymore if you do have carlos hyde uh, at this point you may as well hang on to him i mean you're not gonna drop him the, the week that he gets his first opportunity of course he does have a bye next week so uh, you know, and then they said the format for net may be back after that. Who knows? I mean, the trade for high in itself sheds light on maybe they're not sure about Fournette coming back, but if anything, it's going to be a running back by committee, which is not bad. Um, yeah. We've saw in Cleveland as bad as Hyde was, he got, and he got goal line looks. So, Hey, plug him in. Maybe he gets a touchdown and gets you nine, 10 fantasy points. We know he's not going to catch the ball. So it's going to be Yeldon on third down at the very least. Uh, and I think due to some experience with the team and the offense that Yeldon will get the majority of the carries as well, but high could work his way in there. And, um, you know, and again, the same reason that Cleveland traded him, he's on a one-year deal. So, uh, and, and so is Yeldon. They're both going to be free agents. So, um, Jacksonville has no, there's no reason for them not to run them into the ground, really. I mean, I, it, it's overstated a little bit, but if high gets hurt, high gets hurt. If yelling gets hurt, yelling gets hurt. Uh, that's why they traded for him. So, uh, yeah, you're holding on to high if you have him, especially with the state of running backs and the waiver wire right now. You definitely can't drop a guy like that. Well, hopefully they win their seasonal game in London this weekend. But uh, we've already talked about some rough running backs. Doug Martin. We talked about um, Kenyon Barner, um, Chris Ivory. I saw Raheem Mostert out of San Francisco. Uh, two weeks ago, he comes out of nowhere on Monday Night Football. Not many believe this was a thing, but all of a sudden he goes off for another solid weekend on Sunday. Matt Breida cannot stay healthy to save his life because he basically comes into every game with an injury. Um, what are you doing with Raheem Mostert? Because it almost feels like you have to give the guy a shot in this state of running backs we are in. Yeah, I mean, he's a must-own at this point. I'd rather have him than Doug Martin, I'll tell you that much. Um, Brita is not healthy. And and, and, and I was – I mean, 
the 49ers are a bad team. And I, and I say this about every sport, baseball, basketball, football, you know, teams don't get this bad for this long without people making a lot of poor decisions behind the scenes and letting Brita suit up after he had what they thought was a high ankle sprain, not even sit out one week in a meaningless Monday night game against green Bay. And then, you know, he had to have aggravated it. Um, and it was so dumb. They had Morris. They had Mostert. They they had uh, Jushik. They they had guys they could have easily played. They didn't need to play him, and they did. And this is what happened. We've seen it with Fournette. We've seen it with Dalvin Cook. We've we've seen it with almost any running back who plays the week or two after an injury that they injure themselves again. And coaches don't seem to get it, uh, especially on a team like the 49ers that they're playing for a draft pick. They're not playing for a division. There's no reason to do that, but they did. Um, and most of look good. So yeah, I would, uh, I'd be starting him if he, you know, if he's your best option, I'd certainly be adding him because again, there's nothing out there and, and, and he looks good. And, and even when Breida is healthy, if he ever is, who knows, uh, he could go on IR tomorrow. Um, we, I think most earned a share. I think it, at the very least, He's earned, uh, you know, double-digit carries at, at the very least per game, which at this point it could be worth something, especially in really deep leagues. Yeah, I think he's definitely worth a look because even when Brito was healthy before he went out most weeks, he was taking off Morris's job. So I think there's a chance they can coexist even if Brito somehow gets healthy. So definitely think he's got a role there. Uh, he's fast as heck, which Shanahan will love. So a lot they could do there. Let's talk Miami Dolphins real quick. Short week going into Houston. Uh, Albert Wilson was a waiver wire darling last week. He goes on the IR now, or he should be going. He's not there yet, but there's a good chance he goes to the IR. Um, Kenny Still is likely out this Thursday as well. So, Mister, I'm health. I'm a healthy scratch. Devontae Parker, who's quote unquote agent, had some choice words for uh, Adam Gase, is one of the last men standing in Miami this week. Um, he's going to get some run here the next few weeks. He could get traded. What's your thoughts on Devontae Parker from a fantasy perspective? I, I still don't like him. It's <laughs> about as bad as a matchup as you can get this week. And if it, this is going to be the week that he gets a look, it's not a good one. The Texans are probably my number one defense this week. Um, Brock Osweiler throwing five-yard passes. It's just not going to be pretty. And, yeah, maybe there's some garbage time looks, but – uh, starting guys on Thursday, they have to be studs if you're starting guys on Thursday. And you're definitely not starting with Brock Osweiler against a great defense, uh, a hot, very hot defense, a hot team in the Houston Texans who are now in first place. No thanks on Parker. Amendola, um, you know, he's a guy I'd, I'd rather add him than Parker. He's a free agent in most leagues uh, simply because out of the slot, he's going to get those short passes. We saw that last week in PPR Hey, he catches six passes for 60 yards, which isn't especially getting 12 points, which isn't too bad. But an ad, yes, I probably wouldn't even start Amendola this week because, again, Thursday, you don't want to uh, waste those bullets on Thursday if uh, if you don't have to. Yeah, Thursday night games, like you said, you got to have the studs. You got to have like a Chiefs <laughs> offense going out there or something. Um, you you mentioned Amendola. Um Kenyon or yeah, Kenyon Drake out of the backfield the last two weeks has actually become a part of the passing game with Brock Osweiler, kind of a safety valve. And Gore's still getting his touches, but Drake's at least been usable the last two weeks. 
a lot of people were high on him coming into the draft season. Um, and even last season in the second half had a big second half as he started off slow. Do you think we have a much brighter second half with Kenyon Drake or just last few weeks kind of just a, a, you know, a blip on the radar? I hope so. I mean, talent wise, he should be getting 80% of the carries. There's, there's just no, I, Adam Gase is terrible. I mean, it, yeah. and it's like, he's one of these coaches that says, Oh, well, we have two wins. We have three wins. We must be doing okay. So whatever we're doing is working and like without looking at the process or how you got there. And it's just so not even from a fantasy perspective, it's just so mind boggling to watch. Uh, he did the same thing last year too. And, um, and I don't get it, but it doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon. So yeah, I like Drake a lot from a talent perspective. He's obviously so much better than than Frank Gore, who's 45 years old. Um, but I don't know if he's going to overtake him completely at any point. Gore, for what it's worth, has been healthy his whole career, um, pretty much. So uh, despite his age, he's going to play. He's going to play and play and play. And uh, I do think that that value catching the ball is there for Drake. We saw that last year, too. And when they're behind in games, they are going to throw to him. They're not going to throw to Gore as much. So mm-hmm. I think there's value there. Um, but again, not probably a guy I'm starting on Thursday. There, are, there will be better matchups ahead, but not this week unless, you know, you're, you're, you're just simply desperate. Um, Rashard Matthews signs with the Jets today. He couldn't make it work in Tennessee, maybe for the better because that offense is just an abomination at the moment. But uh, goes to the Jets, Sam Darnold, he's shown signs of being good, signs of being a rookie still. Um, we knew Matthews at one time was like a number one receiver. Are you going out there and trying to grab him this week? Um, I'm not using uh, too many free agent bucks, and I'm certainly not using a, a priority in uh, if it's a waiver wire system. Um, if he passes through waivers and I've got – you know, uh, a defense I picked up on a buy and now my guy, my defense is back and I want to drop them or I picked up a quarterback on a buy and I'll drop them. Like if you have an empty spot and it's a deep league, sure. Um, I'm just, it's not the right week to do it because they have a buy. The Jets have a buy. So you immediately can't even use him. So you're stashing a guy on your bench that hasn't played all year, really was coming off of a knee injury, had issues in Tennessee hasn't gotten up to speed with the offense. The Jets' offense hasn't looked good at all. Uh, well, they had the one game against Indianapolis, but other than that, the last few games around that, they haven't looked that good. The running game's not good right now. Um, it's kind of a, not a guy I want to keep on my bench without uh, without a resolution. Like, all right, you you add him, you don't start him, and then he has a great game on Sunday and you say, wow, okay, I'm glad I picked him up. I could see how he was utilized. I could see the target uh, share, but because they don't even play, it's like now two weeks that you have to hold him on your bench waiting for the following week to see how he does. And then he might get one catch for four yards. And you're like, wow, man, I went two weeks holding this guy. I didn't add somebody else. And then you look like an idiot. So, and and look, they they they're not a big high flying pass offense anyway. Um, Anunwa could be back by that point. I mean, we're talking about in two weeks, maybe he's back. Um, Herndon has been getting a lot of looks in the last couple of weeks. He's starting to become a, a, a option for Darnold. So 
yeah, add Matthews if you've got no one else, if you've got like just an empty spot, but there's got to be better players out there. At least right. Yeah. Yeah. As we wrap this up, uh, we've, we've talked about some very ugly waiver wire options. You kind of hinted at it before we started recording. That's pretty ugly. If you got to throw some bucks out there, take some waiver wire claims, give me a couple of your top options this week. Um, I mean, Amendola is one. I don't think I'd start him, but with so many injuries there, he's probably going to be their number one guy. Um, Ronald Jones may have fallen back on the waiver wire with that Tampa Bay, uh, you know, roller coaster running back. And I think Barber has got hurt. So maybe pick him up. I mean, he hasn't been good, but hey, any starting running back is worth something. I mean, if Doug Martin and Rashard are out there, yeah, you got to add them. I wouldn't go crazy with Martin, but if if you're desperate, sure. Ivory, same thing. Desperate, need a guy now, sure. Uh, Moster, yes. Um, I do like actually Herndon is an interesting one if you're in a very deep league that requires a couple tight ends or, um, you know, just tight ends just obliterated this year. So I don't mind adding him because it looks like he actually has some upside. Uh he had off the field issues, I believe, which is why um, I think he didn't play at all last year. I don't know. I forget, but uh, there's some upside. He's a young guy. They use a draft pick on him as opposed to uh, running out a Ben Watson or, I mean, even like Kyle Rudolph looks terrible these days. Yeah, uh, Greg yeah. Olson looks terrible. There's these guys are getting up there in age. They're getting slower. And Hey, if you need a shot in the, a shot in the arm, then maybe Herndon's a guy that can pump some youth into your team. Um, I'm trying to think of, of other guys, Corland Sutton with the rumors yeah. that Sanders may be on the move. Uh, he, he would be a guy to be looking at. Um, and the, here's a sneaky one. This is one that, uh, I have Todd Gurley in about four or five leagues and I've, <laughs> I'm doing well in those leagues. Cause Todd Gurley, shocker. <laughs> 40 more fantasy points than the next running back behind him. PPR points than the next running back behind. And that's how insane Todd Gurley has been 40. Um, but the Rams are seven and up. They're probably yeah. going to go. And eh, this is a tough game this week, but um, they may go 12 and all. They may go 13. and all. they may go 13 and one. Now comes down to your championship week 16. Hey, they may, they may rest their guys because they got nothing to play for. So I, I will want Malcolm Brown on my team. Yeah. Because I do not want to be stuck in my fantasy Super Bowl or even the semifinals. And then Gurley has one of these games where, yeah, maybe they don't bench him, but he gets 9, 10 carries. They're up by, by 20, and then Brown plays the entire second half. So Brown, Malcolm Brown is a guy I am definitely adding if I own Todd Gurley. I don't care it, you know, who you have to drop. You don't want to wait. You want to get him because you don't want your opponent to have him at that point, and you certainly don't want to have to plug in. Derek Henry or someone in your championship week. Yeah, I like that Malcolm Brown call. He actually led the the Rams in rushing this last weekend because Gurley just you know scored his touchdowns, did his damage, but Malcolm Brown for about a quarter and a half just carried the load at the end there. And I agree, I could see something crazy like that. So that's a good call, and it, it makes sense. You guys start looking ahead. I think some of the best waiver wire moves you can make is don't look at what you need this week. You know, look at guys. For next week, they have good matchups. And look at it, and it's, I don't think it's done enough, or at least it's not emphasized enough. Where we, uh, you know, Twitter sphere and all that other stuff. But I think it's a very valid, valid call there on Malcolm Brown. Something to look at going forward. Because yes, if you have Todd Gurley, you're probably leading your league or going somewhere very well. Um, and so, 
uh, definitely something to keep an eye on there. All right, Seth, that should wrap us up on episode 128. Why don't you let everybody know what you're working on, where they can find you, and all that good stuff. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Seth Does Sportsman, S-E-T-H-D-A-S-P-O-R-T-S-M-A-N. Long story, I think it was just – everyone asked me. I think it was at the time I T-H-E was too many characters. Um, so – I did the duh, um, but it stuck with me. So, you know, and now it's a brand, I guess. But, yeah, follow me on there. I answer all trade questions, um, start sit stuff, uh, start and sit stuff, though most of that I, I do have refer to my rankings. been doing pretty well on Fantasy Pros, a couple top five finishes in the last four weeks. So uh, get them while I'm hot because I could go uh, 132nd next week. You never know. Um but yeah, follow me on there. I'm, I'm on all the time, 24-7 pretty much. Uh, you can follow my writing at Fantrax, mostly fantasy basketball right now, but that's hot. Um, and then, uh, yeah, podcasts like this. I like I love joining shows like this and, and talking to the followers and the fans and, and getting a chance to pick the pen up or the keyboard up and just shoot the, shoot the shit and have fun. So um thanks for having me on and 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 i look forward to coming on again sometime yeah thanks thanks a ton i'll, I'll definitely have you on again maybe uh i'll go outside of my box and sit bench with bubba i can talk about whatever the heck i want to and we'll talk some basketball or something because i yeah. do enjoy it i'm just i'm so adverse in baseball and football and even some golf that i just don't i, I don't i don't do it enough to sit here and act like i know what i'm talking about so <laughs> yeah but, uh, it's a tough time right now even with the start of basketball it's it's hard to integrate because um, people are in the heart and the thick of football. I think basketball really starts to pick up December, like around Christmas when you have those Christmas day games and then football is basically fancy football, at least is basically over in January. So from that point on, it's, it's really just basketball until baseball starts. But uh, yeah, I'd love to come on and talk about that. For sure. We'll definitely do it. But every go check him out on Twitter at Seth, the, the sportsman. go check out all his work at fan tracks, a really, really good follow. Uh, and, and very, very knowledgeable about what he does. So, Seth, thanks for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it, and we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 128, talking some fantasy football, recapping week seven, looking ahead to week eight. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>